Welcome to the Mirror, the Odyssey Within podcast. Today, our first guest ever on the show is a phenomenal woman, entrepreneur, and friend, Julie Scott Rudisell. Good afternoon. How are you? I am great, Julie. How about yourself? I'm excited. I'm so excited to be here and to be your first guest. Well, it's very well deserved. You are a great supporter of the show. You produce some segments. You've done a lot of things for this show. And as well, you should definitely be the first guest. But Julie, um, you know, we're in a time where Black entrepreneurship is really on the rise. And you're definitely one of those forces. Please tell the the listeners about yourself. Well, I'm actually a native of Charlotte first and um, grew up all my life and went to high school. I went to South Lake High School. Um, I entered the career of graphic design after leaving high school and started out in a traditional um, university culture. And after a few years, I decided I want to go, wanted to go a different direction. So um, I like to say the graphic design career chose me. I didn't ch- choose it. Um, looking back, uh, I've always been a creative and somewhat conceptual thinker. So it, it was just fate that found me. And the right people kind of directed me in the direction I need to become a graphic artist. Okay. How many years have you been in in the business of graphic design? Over 25 years now. That's amazing. That's amazing. And you own your own business now, right? When When did you own your own business? When did that start? Well, I've, um, I've always been like a dual career, um, on a dual career journey, uh, working full time for the first probably 23 years. Um, the last three years, I've been totally freelance uh, on my own. So I've always had a, a graphic design job, but along with that, I've also done freelance work um, in addition to that. Okay. I mean, that's, and the name of your company is? Juru Graphics, and that's a play on the the Julie and the Rudisell, the Jew and Ruth. And that's great. That's great. And, and what is the best and most important advice you got when starting your own business? Undoubtedly, it was to write a good business plan. Um, a good business plan will guide you will guide you through each stage um, of managing and growing your business. It, it kind of functions as a roadmap, if you will. Um, it's like the foundation. It answers the who, the what, the, the why, and just all the information that uh, you need to build a company. Okay, what were your challenges that you faced starting your business? Hmm. Well, again, it kind of goes back to working full time along with um, freelancing at the same time. 
the business, the biggest challenge, excuse me, um, was managing my time, um, working 12 hour days and weekends. Um, it was very hard, but I was dedicated and it was something I loved doing. Uh, another challenge was keeping good records and uh, an accurate calendar. Okay. It sounds like you are. You got everything together, you know, and what, in your opinion, was the most proud thing you've done? Or what was the, the best thing you've done in your career uh, as a graphic designer? What made you most proud? Um, I, I'm proud of um, the number of people that I've served throughout my career. Um, yeah, when I look back, it, it kind of amazes me that so many diverse people um, have crossed my path. And um, I'm very proud of that. Also, I'm proud that I've... Um, been committed to continuing my education. There are so many more things that I want to learn. And um, it really excites me that it's so many options and opportunities for staying relevant, relevant these days. Um, and technology allows 24-7 learning. And uh, who are your mentors? Mentors. Um a mentor that I had back in the day when I first started, his name was Frank Granger. And um, he was, uh, he found me on the campus and actually gave me space and um, time to just dream and just share with him what I was good at. And he kind of helped me put the pieces together. He was um, an instructor instructor in graphic arts and um, all else is history. I've had several mentors throughout my career um, but he stands out the most. Yeah, I think we've all you know, in order to be successful, we've had to have mentors. I, I can remember being mentored at, you know, at seven and eight years old you know, by someone in my community when a lot of our fathers in the community, because uh, I grew, grew up in a community of a lot of, you know, young boys. And we tried to go through life, you know, relying on each other. But we had one guy in the neighborhood named Reginald Irving, who was just a great mentor to us, and opened up the world to us. You know, our parents were busy working. He would take his time out for all the young men in the community. And uh, he's passed on now, but you never forget those those folks you know when you're seven and eight years old reading uh james baldwin in another country you're reading uh malcolm x you know uh, just you know richard wright black boy the things he introduced me to at eight years old you know open up the world to me that I, is awesome yeah those are great things you never forget and i think about them often I had talked about him on a podcast earlier that I did for my community. I grew up in Whitehall Park. Where, where, where did you grow up, Judy, by the way? I grew up downtown Charlotte in uh, Wesley Heights. Um, it's like, you know, a mile from the Panther Stadium. 
Okay. Okay. And uh, yeah, yeah I, know, I heard you were a saber. Well, no one can, no one can hate you for that. <laughs> I'm a wild. Really, I, I I wanted to go to West Charlotte. Me too. I my I did not want to go to Garrington. I did not. Um, and uh, I if I had went to West Charlotte, I think things would have been different. But Garrington taught me about you know survival. So I get it. School was kind of rough <laughs> on me. <laughs> but you know, it has made me the man I am today. And, uh, you know, th- those things, you know, they stay with us. They stay with us. So these days, Julie, what are you doing about um, maintaining a work-life balance? I think that's important. Oh, yeah, it's definitely important. Um, well, let me, let me start by saying prior to the pandemic, I did not do a good job with maintaining a work-life balance. Um, I didn't really have a quote-unquote life. Well, you know, the kind that people consider uh, a life. I was a workaholic, um, really driven by making sure the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed. When the pandemic hit, I somewhat found myself at the opposite end of the spectrum. I started uh, reevaluating how I've been trading my time or how I was trading my time and energy and compared it to actually, you know, what I was getting in return. Now it's like um, I have no problem in saying no, thank you, I'm not available. So that, that's kind of how I manage my time now. Um, I've learned that no is a complete sentence. And, um, and I, I have to know that uh, I have to be intentional with time because you can't get it back. I agree. I've been a workaholic since 11 years old. Cutting grass and... Uh... <laughs> You know, going around and I had a paper route, which I was only paid a third of the money for from an older teenager. So and then just uh, lemonade stands, whatever we could do to get the money, uh, uh, collecting uh, recyclable cans, but just mostly cutting yards, raking yards, you know. And I used to run to the store for the older folk in the community and they give you a tip. You know, <laughs> you, you could actually run and get them cigarettes. uh, uh just whatever they needed, you know. Um, and a lot of them had those tabs and accounts anyway. So, you know, if they were running the show, they always gave me, you know, a dime, 25 cent went a long way back in the day, you know, in the 70s. So, but even then, I've never had a good work-life balance. So really, from 11 to 18, and then, you know, going to school, not, not you know, but not much work. And actually just having a bunch of fun, too much fun. And then from 24 on to 52, till just recently, I've never had a good work-life balance. I worked so much and so many jobs that it affected even my relationships, mm-hmm. with, you know, romantic relationships. I think that's the reason I have children today because I didn't maintain it. I just worked a lot. And, you know, I don't regret it. I don't try to look back. I try to look forward. Mm-hmm. But 
I do have some type of issues with now the way I feel today. Because you're right, Julie. I learned to say no just recently. You know, it was always trying to help, help, help. And then I understand I can't help the whole world, but I can try to get lend them a hand to get to, to make the steps forward, you know. Sure. All mm-hmm. Because they have to do some things themselves. But now I do have a life. You know, I went from being working all the time and being a caretaker for my parents, helping out my, you know, my grandparent, being a, helping her to, you know, now all those people are gone to being numb for three years. And now just like waking up with a whole new attitude, a whole new kindness in society and understand that the job is just the job. And my job was to bring uh, from chaos order. And once I understood that, and this is just recently, things changed for me. And maybe it was meant to be what it was supposed to be. They mm-hmm. got to go through some things to get to get, get to some places. Um, nothing's going to be really handed to you in life for most people. There's some that, that, that had to happen. But <clears throat> so now, how are you managing your time? Like, what are you doing? Um, not sure how to really answer that question. Um, I, I say I do set um, priorities. I, I, I think that's just key to managing time. And uh, like you say, you, you can't give access to your, your, your time and your resources to everyone who cross your path. So really compartmentalizing, um, you know, things and, and setting my intention on um, helping as many people with, um, you know, what I have available to share. And um, like I said, uh, deciding what's important, really. And um, yeah, basically, that's, that's how I manage my time now. Is setting priorities, keeping a clean calendar, um, trying to not overbook my life and time, and and you know saving space for intentional rest and having good people in my life, like Mr. Kevin Scott, um, and so many other friends that I have who who add to my life in special ways, and that's very important to me now. You know, for me, it's, it's flipping a, a negative into a positive. It's challenging, but it's so doable. You know, a lot of people, I can't do this. You know, my, my new thing is can't, you know, uh, can't stop, won't stop. You know, me out now, losing weight, working out now, getting things done. Mine is very clear, you know. But with that in mind, Judy, what life experiences have most shaped who you are? Hmm. Um, childhood, you know, people who you want to honor on this podcast? Well, certainly uh, having a phenomenal mother um, who was just smart. She was smart and intelligent. I mean, she had common sense, but she was, you know, college educated too. And just very 
it had a special spirit and a combination of gifts. She was committed. She was God-fearing. Um, she was strong, yet exuded a feminine energy. So, um, you know, having her legacy is, is everything to me. And, um, yeah, she, she's been the main influence. She, you know, raised four girls um, as a single parent. And um, that experience, just watching how she navigated through life and never complained. She provided us with the best, you know, of, of everything. And, um, you know, she was just wise beyond her years, I think. So that's really shaped how I think and how I see life and, um, you know, my, my goals in life and just having really a role model with skin on. Of course, you know, the greatest life experience is accepting Christ. And so, you know, that's, that's shaped my philosophy and um, taught me how to love and receive love but uh yeah here on earth the biggest experience has been uh, just having a model in my mom to follow yeah i uh, i can definitely uh concur with that everything you said was my mom too dr maxine fundament moore she was an educator for 45 years at john c smith university but she also taught at davidson Mississippi Valley State. Um, she did a lot of phenomenal things. It's so long, but she was always a great mom. Even though she traveled a lot, you know, Africa, Russia, um, London, England. I mean, just, just, but I can only tell you that she taught me how to tie a tie. She taught me how to treat a woman. She taught me how to drive. Yeah. yeah. Taught me everything. And, you know, that's just, I mean, that's that's my that's my that's my hero, <laughs> and so we definitely share that in common. I mean, it's phenomenal, phenomenal women. We got definitely phenomenal women. I mean, she, she made sure we had culture, you know, growing up. You know, she she made it a just a part, uh, a normal part of our lives. She took us to see Broadway shows, and mm -hmm. um, she took us ice skating. <laughs> And uh, just the little touches she did. Uh, she would make us clothes sometimes and crochet, you know, ponchos. She even one day just showed up with the piano. Wow. <laughs> she brought, she came on with the piano. And, you know, we're looking like, well, who's going to play this? And she's looking at us, looking at us like you are. <laughs> wow. So I, I took lessons for years. And um, it was very gratifying to one day play for our church. I played for our church for 10 years. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah. And a couple of different churches around Charlotte. So, you know, that just became a part of her vision for us. You know, I didn't even know until recently my uncle told me. My mother used to play piano for the funerals that my granddaddy. Was a funeral, oh. the home funeral, and my grandmother was the director, and I did not know she would fill in 
not only, you know, drive the hearses, but do a lot of different things. Um, and I never knew she played piano. <laughs> now, you know, I, I, you know, like I said, I've never seen her play piano. And, uh, you know, I, I was, had the privilege of being with her for 49 years on this earth. I never knew that. It's a skill that I always wanted to learn. So you, you are blessed. And they tried to get me lessons, but I would skip the lessons and go play football. <laughs> get a whooping and just keep getting a whooping. But see, that's funny. Now I want to play. It's not too late. It's not too late. Yeah, you're right. It's never, ever too late, you know. And in your career, what, what has made it all worthwhile for what you've done in your career? Oh, that's an easy one. It's satisfied customers. Customer service, the number one thing that I talk about. And, you know, it's, uh, and that's what you do, Julie. I guarantee you, just by knowing you, you know, that's exactly what you do. And what about customer service makes you feel good? What, what about? Customer service, providing good customer service it requires you to listen with your, your mind, your ears, and your heart. And what I've um, learned over the last 25 years is it's just as important to um, hear what the customer is, is saying and as well as not saying. Because, um, you know, when you, when you come up with the concept, and uh, everybody has their idea of what's going to be good, what's not going to be good. But when you come back to the table, and you've captured what they intended, not necessarily what they said, but what their vision was for whatever they were working towards. Um, and you capture that. I mean, there's no greater feeling than seeing the smile or, you know, the look of amazement that um, their brand will be. Um, represented well and they feel confident and um, you know it sets the stage for them to elevate their business or elevate whatever goal they're trying to achieve I, I cannot explain to you the, fit, the, the satisfaction I get from serving others I think that's what it's all about especially on your own business or just in life. You know, I go places and I get bad customer service. I used to let them know. Now I just give them nothing but love and you see them kind of turn around in the interaction. Mm -hmm. I used to tell you about yourself and I never realized sometimes I could just walk away. If I don't like what I see, you know, just not having to have a confrontation. Right. Or now I just try to give them love back. You know, I recently went somewhere and every time I go to this place, I have to ask for a receipt and a bag. You know, and and then they, they had, there was this one night, the, the guy just was just like, I don't know what was going on. He was hardly saying anything. And I just very, you know, nicely, but maybe a little facetiously, said it in such a way where he started, you know, started smiling, gave my bag, and said, appreciate you, Thank you, sir. And then I was like, that's what I'm talking about. You know? <laughs> you know, you know, we all got personal problems, but you know, 
to be in service of others is, is a great thing, you know, and to do our jobs well. And uh, mm-hmm. but where, where, where in your life do you think you've had the most impact? Um, I give you an example. You know, I know you uh, have been in church for your whole life. Yes. And what what does that does that have a great impact on you, or, or where do you think you you are obviously a person that does a lot for the community involving your church? Um, you know, naturally, I'm a behind the scenes type person, and I believe uh, I make the the greatest impact as a producer or like I said before, a, a conceptual creative. So the impact that I that I'm trying to be t- intentional about at this point in my life, I mean it goes back to serving others. And um I worked for a local church here. Um for 15 years, actually, up until 2019. And I was tasked with developing a communication, um, a communications ministry. And in that, um, membership went, and, you know, you, you can't take credit for, you know, with doubling, but it, it developed, I developed a system. I was hired as the first communication director for the church and um, the church has always had a great technology um, goal in mind and, and that's part of ministry is keeping people connected and uh, in that uh, I was able to create a website and offer options for people to pay online and uh, and broaden our community of who we serve. So what's very important is being important to your community, being it your neighbors. Um, and the community extends beyond, you know, people, um, it, it extends beyond who you see every day. It's whoever has a need. Um, that you you set out to serve and maybe I'm out on a tangent now but you asked the most impact that I make and it's just listening to the needs of those who um those who need you those who want to matter those who want to be loved those who um you have resources to share and making sure people um, feel better after they've left your presence. I'm a natural encourager. And so when I get the opportunity to encourage or help people elevate, um, it doesn't matter where that happens, but I just have to be sure that I put my best foot forward and make a difference wherever I am. I think Did I answer your question? <laughs> it, and yeah, you did. And, and, but I can tell you, you're very inspirational. Very inspirational. 
And Julie, you know this is the last question. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm taking you off the hot seat now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> last question, though, and I think it's uh, pivotal to this podcast. Um, what stands between you and where you want to go? Um, I would say rewriting the vision for my life, for where I want to go and, and just simply making it plain and clear. Um, with, without a vision, uh, it's hard to move forward. And um, along with that vision, it's also important to craft a mission or intentional statement, intention statement. Um, vision describes the why. The why is crucial, really, in being and staying more motivated. The mission kind of, it describes who and what. But I believe everybody should take inventory of their core values and uh, what their passions are when they look, you know, towards going forward or where they want to go in life. Yeah, you have to be intentional about, you know, what you're passionate passionate about and what you're gifted with. And when those two intersect and you can make money from that, that's what makes it worthwhile. (laughs) And yeah, and I I think this is, like I say, one of the best interviews I've ever conducted. Um, The first for this show. Um, Thank you for being the first guest. Thank you for being a great supporter. Thank you for being Julie Scott Rudisel. Thank you. Thank you very much. And everyone, have a great day.